Welcome to Night Night Bitch. I'm your host, Molly, your guide to awe-inspiring texts read by me or in the voices of their original creators. Please know I don't own any of this content. It's all freely accessible online and duly cited in my episode descriptions for your reference. This podcast is a creative outlet for me, so I don't update it as regularly. But if you'd like to subscribe to my other podcast, Back From The Borderline, I release two thought-provoking episodes each week. And now, let's dive into the episode. Welcome. It's time to rest your weary mind, unwind, escape the matrix, and explore the arcane. We live in a culture that is rapidly losing its grasp on myth and meaning. Exploration of philosophy, depth psychology, esotericism, the occult, myth, and mysticism have been proven to inspire awe. Such experiences of daily awe have been shown to be psychologically beneficial and aid in the potential expansion of consciousness. Each time we're here together, I'll select a reading, article, or sample audio that could increase your opportunity for such experiences. While you listen, you might fall asleep. You might wake up. You might do both. Maybe finding the perfect balance between awake and dreaming is exactly what you always needed. Night night bitch. This is the exercise for your own development process designed by you. You should be hearing my voice in your right ear. Remember the purpose, your purpose for this exercise. And begin your pre-preparation process now. The affirmation beginning, I am more than my physical body. of North Africa was named after the Berbers, the nomadic people who inhabited the region west of the Nile Valley in North Africa. These people were called the Imazia in antiquity, meaning free humans or free men. They are among the oldest inhabitants of North Africa. Their rich mythology endured for thousands of years, eventually coming to influence the religious beliefs of the ancient Egyptians. The history of the Berber people in Northern Africa is extensive and diverse. The Berbers are a large group of non-Arabic tribes 
related by language and culture, inhabiting areas stretching from Egypt to the Canary Islands, as well as regions south of the Sahara, such as Niger and Mali. Archaeologists have traced their origins to the Caspian culture, a northern African civilization that dates back more than 10,000 years. Berber-speaking people have lived in North Africa since the earliest times and are first referenced by the Egyptians in 3000 BC under the name Temehu. Phoenician, Greeks, and Roman texts have also made reference to them. Since prehistoric times, Berber lands have been a crossroad of peoples from Africa, Europe, and the Middle East. Although never formalized beyond local cults, the Berbers had a rich mythology and belief system structured around a pantheon of gods. Many of their beliefs were developed locally, while some were imported or later influenced by contact with other African mythologies, such as the Egyptian religion, along with Phoenician mythology, Judaism, Iberian mythology, and the Hellenistic religion during antiquity. The most recent influence came from Arab mythology when the Berbers were converted to Islam during the 9th century. Today, some of the traditional ancient pagan Berber beliefs still exist within the culture and tradition, especially in Algeria, where older cults still survive to varying extents. Berber mythology ruled the lives of Moroccans and the neighboring Amazigh that inhabited North Africa. They had their heroes, gods, and demigods that they worshipped and cherished. Three of these figures made it to history books, and their myths and legends can still be heard of. Morocco, as part of North Africa, had a number of shared myths with Romans and Greeks. Amaziah that inhabited this ancient part of the world believed in these myths, cherished its heroes, and worshipped its gods for centuries. Many of these heroes, giants and titans, lived in North Africa and had their stories marking the existence of several cities in the region, including Tangier in Morocco and Benghazi in Libya. Although they were fictitious heroes and figures, their names are still part of our daily lives. Here, we talk about Atlas, as in the Atlas Mountains, Tingis, the ancient name of the city of Tangier, and Anateus, who is linked to monuments near the city of Aslia. Therefore, who are these gods, and what about their battles and victories? A considerable amount of the traditional lore of the matriarchal Berbers is still based on the worship of the ancestors and the dead. Most of the Berbers' ancestral doctrines also form an integral part of the Jinn lore. Westermack had pointed out that many of the Berber religious and mythological principles were practiced mostly by Berber women under the disguise of tomb worship, where women regularly visit the tombs and perform various rituals in association with the ancient ancestors and the dead, such as receiving sacred prophecy through dreams obtained by sleeping in tombs of holy ancestors. 
This current practice, according to Herodotus, goes back to the ancient Libyan Nasaman Berbers, and it may even go much further back in time since sacred traditions are indeed carried forward from previous generations. The Berbers worshipped a god named Sufax. The story goes that after the epic fight between Antaeus and Hercules, Sufax was the fruit of the Greek hero's victory. Son of Tingis and Hercules, Sufax is also known by various different names, Sofax, Syfax, Sufax, to name a few. He was also a hero and a demigod. The legend says that the mythological figure founded the city of Tangier and called it Tingis to honor his mother. Another myth reveals that the father of his hero, Hercules, pulled apart Spain and Africa to give his son a city protected by the sea. According to Berber mythology, many Berber kings believed that they were the descendants of Sufax. Indeed, Numidian King Juba II spread the idea that he was also a descendant of Sufax. In Greek mythology, he is a titan, a race of deities originally worshipped by ancient Greeks, but in North Africa, he's the figure behind the name of Morocco's largest mountain range. Others call him the King of Morshania, the Latin word for the ancient Maghreb, which stretched from present-day Algeria to Morocco. The myth tells us that Zeus, god of the sky and thunder in Greek mythology, condemned Atlas to hold the heavens forever as punishment. According to Myth Encyclopedia, because famous Atlas stood to perform his task at the westernmost end of the world known to the ancient Greeks, the ocean near him was called the Atlantic in his honor. But this was not the only thing that linked the Titan God to Morocco. Other accounts suggest that the Atlas Mountains are the remains of Atlas himself. According to the aforementioned platform, this story is associated with Perseus, son of Zeus and slayer of the Gorgon Medusa. In the ancient Morocco and North Africa, Amazin tribes believed that the existence of several deities, including Anzar. The legend says that how the Anzar fell in love with a beautiful woman who had become his fiancée. Like the ancient Greeks or Egyptian, the pre-Islamic period of Morocco also had its own mythology, gods, and rituals. This weather, which promises to be rainy in several regions of Morocco and this important period for agriculture, recalls the Amazin god Anzar, one of its powerful figures venerated by Amazin society several centuries ago. Anzar is a beneficial element which reinforces the vegetation and ensures the growth of the herd. Anzar is a sign of fertility and productivity. This is how the Amazin god imagined the story. The indigenous people of Northern Africa, west of Egypt form a meta-ethnicity, commonly known as Berbers to outsiders, but their common endonym are variants of Amazin, which does mean free people. They have their very own creation myth, 
and it goes something like this. In the beginning, all humans lived underground. A man and a woman existed, but they did not realize their difference in gender. The pair came to a well and began to fight over who got to drink first. The man was victorious and threw down the woman, her clothes having fallen off in the struggle. He was confused what her vagina was for and she invited him to learn. They had sex for eight days. Every nine months after that, she would bear four sons and then four daughters nine months afterward. This went on until there were 50 men and 50 women. The parents sent their children away, the girls heading north and the boys heading east. Both parties saw holes above them, shining light through the sky, and so they climbed up to the surface world. They were amazed and the girls asked the plants who made them, to which the plants said, the earth, and then asked the earth who made it, and the earth said, I always was. At night, the girls saw the beautiful moon and stars and asked, who made you? But they were too far away to hear. Eventually, the boys and girls encountered each other on opposite sides of the river asking, who are you? What are you? Are you people? The boys wanted to move closer to the girls, but the river was in their way. They asked the river what it was, and the river said, I'm a river for washing and drinking. Go to the shallows upstream to cross me. The boys crossed and approached the girls, but the girls were afraid of the strangers and refused to let them come near. So they agreed to travel together at a safe distance. Eventually, they came to a mountain spring, where the boys immediately began bathing, with the girls hanging back, aloof. One bold girl and her two companions became curious and went to spy on what the boys were doing. The bold girl reported back to her camp, those people are not like us, their hair is short and they have no breasts, they don't even have vaginas, and when you see them nude, your heart beats faster and you want to hug them. The journey continued and the boys decided they didn't like living out in the open anymore or in holes, so they took rocks and wood to make houses. At first, the trees protested, but the youths explained their need for shelter and the trees agreed to give their wood. But there was one wild and unruly boy who did not want to live indoors. The girl camp similarly had a wild girl. The wild boy would skulk between the newly built houses, hoping to catch, kill, and eat someone. The girls again became curious about the activities of the boys and the bold girl yet again went to investigate. She crawled through the bushes and entered one of the lovely houses. She saw nobody around and decided to go home when the savage boy came by and smelled her presence. He roared and chased her back to the girl camp. Both camps heard screaming and so a battle of the sexes erupted in the vegetation. Even the savage boy met the savage girl in combat. The boys and girls paired up to duel and the girls were victorious. The girls mounted the defeated boys and decided to see if the bold girl had lied. They began to ravish the boys who became excited and ravished them right back. After this, they married each other and decided it was better for men to be on top.
The savage boy and girl wandered the wilderness together after being driven away by the civilized couples, only returning to the villages to catch children that they could eat. The girl became known as the Ark Demoness, Teriel, and her husband became the first lion. Teriel is a powerful sorceress and dangerous ogress from the traditional Amazigh mythology. A frightening and cannibalistic ancient goddess, it is said that she gained immense magical abilities after ingesting a golden leaf from the tree of life and destiny in Atala, a parallel dimension. Berber tribes have long been marginalized and persecuted. They faced many dangers, both from outside forces and from within their own communities. But with the advent of the modern world, Berber traditions are changing. They're moving more toward an Islamic-based form of protection and religious spiritual practices. When you face so many dangers in your life, you need all the help you can get. And for the Berber tribes, this comes in the form of the Tawis. Tawis are talismans to protect the Berber people from all sorts of dangers, accidents, natural disasters, wild animals, and even other humans. In a sense, they're like insurance policies for the Berber people. But just as with any insurance policies, there are skeptics who question their efficacy. Is it really a coincidence that Berbers have been using Tawis for centuries and they've managed to survive? Or is there something more to it? Regardless of what you believe, it's hard to dispute the fact that these talismans must provide a sense of safety and protection for the Berber people. People usually go to a marabo or sheik to get a Tawis prepared for them. These are religious men with knowledge of the Quran and Islamic law who can also read and write Arabic. The Tawis prepared by these men often have verses from the Quran or prayers written on them. Some people also prepare their own Tawis, but this is not recommended unless you have knowledge of Islamic law and the principles of spiritual healing. It's important that any Tawis you use is prepared by a qualified person and is effective for the specific purpose you need it for. It's easy to assume that Tawis for protection are simply an old superstition, but the reality of their effectiveness is much more complex than that. The truth is, the Tawis have been used by Berbers for centuries as a way to protect against evil forces, which they believe can bring bad luck, illness, and other misfortunes. As such, Tawis are deeply rooted in the Berber culture and have become part of their everyday lives. At its most basic level, the Tawis is a charm or amulet made with Arabic calligraphy written on a piece of paper or cloth and placed in an item of clothing. This type of talisman is believed to ward off evil spirits and provide protection from harm. Surprisingly, this belief isn't just based on superstition. Some scientists believe that wearing a charm can actually influence energy fields around us and create a protective aura. Ultimately, it's up to each individual to decide what they believe in and if they believe in the power of Tawis or not. The use of Tawis has been part of the Berber traditions for centuries, 
and it's been passed on from generation to generation as a way of protection from negative energies, health problems, bad luck, and evil spirits. Today, Taoiz is still widely used among the Berber tribes living in remote areas. They believe that these amulets bring them health, wealth, and good luck if they wear or carry them around their persons at all times. The traditional Taoiz is usually made by an elder who calls upon God's name or uses special verses or symbols written onto these paper strips. The papers are then rolled up tightly and tied with wool thread before being placed inside a small leather pouch or container and hung around the neck as a necklace. While some people still believe in its power of protection, others may see it more as an old superstition rather than a religious practice. Yet even those who do not firmly believe in the magical powers of the Taoists are often careful to carry them with themselves at all times due to the deep-rooted cultural connection to their past. Carrying a Taoist has become a part of daily life for many Berbers living in modern times. Taoist for protection has been a long-standing tradition and many Berbers will tell you stories of successful use of Taoists to protect their family and loved ones from danger. One popular story is that of a Berber woman whose family faced danger from robbers. She called on her tribe elders for help who gave her a Tawis to protect her family. In the end, the robbers never came that way and the Tawis was credited with providing protection for her family. This story serves as an example of even now in the face of modern life, the power of Tawis remains strong among Berber tribes. It's no wonder why so many continue to believe and use them for protection. The Berber people have their own language, their own cultural traditions, but their identity is under threat. They do not aspire to nationhood. Some are nomadic, some are sedentary. There are Muslims, Christians, and Jews. But leaders in North Africa suspect Berbers of being heretics and have oppressed them, breaking up communities, assimilating them, and sometimes persecuting them. Every day, their life is a bid to safeguard their identity. Most Berbers are in Morocco, in the village of Timkham, in the high Atlas Mountains, nearly 6,500 feet above sea level. Houses are made from stone and clay, or are caves in the mountainside, or on steep slopes. But the villagers are strong and calm. These communities are ignored by the government and deliberately kept on the fringe. There's no dispensary, no school, no infrastructure whatsoever for education or healthcare services. There is no electricity. But the Berbers are independent in spirit, and with their know-how and extensive knowledge of the environment, they're completely self-sufficient, farming the land and raising goats. Their lifestyle is closely linked to the land where they live, and each day follows the order set by nature. There may be no material security, but the atmosphere in the village is warm, like a big family. Women play a central role, as most men have to travel further afield to find work in other areas. As a result, the women are the living memory of the Amase people, of their traditions and cultures. 
the villagers of the Amasi or Berber people feel that local authorities are simply ignoring them and have ostracized them. They feel deep-rooted bonds with their traditions and they're proud and determined to assert their identity with their own language and culture. This is clearly an act of defiance, resisting efforts to have them assimilated and their identity cast into oblivion. The hope and future of these people depend entirely on them handing on their values and cultures as practiced and safeguarded over thousands of years to future generations. And their land is of critical importance. It must be defended from the constant peril that's been threatening it for centuries. Theirs is a generous land, a land that nurtures the people living there in a spirit of harmony. The Berbers can be seen as people living on their own land in the context of resistance with a traditional culture standing firm. Thank you for venturing into the unknown with me. Full details about the selected text are available in the episode description. Selected readings are for the purpose of research and study, entertainment and discussion. The views and opinions expressed in the included readings belong to the original authors and creators and may not necessarily reflect my own. The episode description also contains links that will allow you to join the community on social and support the continued production of this podcast. Don't forget to follow the show on your favorite podcast player so you're alerted when new episodes are released. In a wonderland they lie, dreaming as the days go by, dreaming as the summers die, ever drifting down the stream, lingering in the golden gleam, life What is it but a dream? Night, night, bitch.